Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, back for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Uh, it's October now, and October is quite an exciting month um, because we have a big surprise going on. Ditch the Act is finally here. So what I wanted to do today is I wanted to bring on my co-author of the book, Ryan Follin, so we could kind of talk about the book and all the great things that are kind of uh, stemming up about this. Ryan, what's your favorite part? Uh, or if anyone doesn't know you, Ryan, why don't you take a moment to like introduce yourself? So they're not just like, who's this Ryan guy? <laughs> well, ahoy, Leonard. Thanks for having me on the show. And for anybody who doesn't know me, close your eyes and imagine somebody who is a ginger. That means that they have freckles. Uh, I have more of a red beard than red hair. And the stereotypes of gingers, aside from the fact that they don't have souls, which is a lie, by the way. I have a soul. <laughs> I'm uh, a bit outgoing and pretty energetic. like to look at the positive side of things. And uh, speaking is my sharpest tool. And when I'm not speaking, if I could be doing anything else, it would be sailing. So I met Leonard, uh, wow, I don't know, four or five years ago now at a random occurrence at a party in the top of the Hollywood Hills. We met each other on the basis of what we both needed help with. And I told him I could help him if he could help me. We shook hands and here we are uh, with lots of ups and downs, goods, bads, and plenty of ugly between it. Uh, and so... Uh, I have learned a lot from Leonard, so Leonard, I very much appreciate all that you've done for me, and oh, yeah, here time. we are, here we are with a, a, a ginger book. Did you, did you realize that our book is ginger, by the way? Yeah, I think <laughs> we did that purposely, just to kind of make it fit in brown with who you are, and hey, it's yeah. loaded with tons of post-it notes, just like you. Now, what you kind of describe with uh, who you are and everything kind of reminds me of one looking at kind of a dating profile and then meeting in a circle. That sounds like speed dating. <laughs> three sounds like <laughs> a regular marriage, <laughs> which is kind of like the relationship that we've built up as time has gone by. I mean, one, being business partners is pretty tough. And two, uh, I mean, writing a book together, that kind of pushed us to maybe the edge, right? <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, like toes over the edge, where we were each probably trying to push each other off at a certain point, but because we were both pushing at the same time, somehow we stayed level, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it was like we had so much gravitational force where I was pushing so hard on one side of the boat to tip it over, you were pushing the other side, and instead <laughs> it just went straight. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it definitely, if you if you were listening to this and you want to decide to write a book with someone, you should consider the same uh, type of situation that you would if you want to marry someone because Leonard and I, uh, although we have our own respective wives, uh, we have a baby together and that baby is a ginger baby in the form of a book with a whole bunch of words and drawings and amazing insights to let you, the reader, know that the best thing you can do is be you. Um, I, I think I'm just really expi- inspired by the message. It gives people an excuse to not try to be more than they really are and use that to their advantage. Man, you, you know what's kind of crazy? Like, me and you had a baby before me and Angie had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, it's funny because I've always, I've always seen those parents, you know how it's, like, awkward where you see that they, they meet at a gas station and they do, like, the kid drop off. Like, I feel like, I feel like we have this book, but, like, a, uh, 
you know, a, a very, um, what, what do you call when you get divorced, but it's like a good divorce? Oh, we're co-parenting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then we're also not divorced either. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah, I mean, I was thinking it was an amicable, like it's an amicable co-parenting. And what's oh. funny is like, I'm sure... I'm sure you go out there and market the book a certain way. I might market it a certain way. You're the better writer. I'm the better speaker. Like we have our strengths. And I think that whatever our differences are, I think that they, uh, even though they frustrate each other, they compliment and they come out with, a, I, I believe a better book than at least I could have written by myself because I'm not the best writer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I really think about it, like I probably wrote an okay book by myself, but then because I had you sitting there with me, you're like, wait, what about this? What about that? What about that? And I, I think that forced me to kind of get outside of my comfort zone and really put out the best material possible. And how did you feel about like the worksheets and everything? Uh, they were almost the end of me. And the, the really hard part that we struggled with was how do you get a book or a piece of paper, or a set of words, or diagrams to explain themselves without you being there. Like, if you were there to step somebody through what the worksheets step people through, or if I was there to coach somebody through it, this is what we do for our clients, and, and we know how to work people through the process. But if we're not there, and all they have is the book, it creates a big problem from an instructional standpoint. So I would create a draft and send it to you, and you would send it back and say, that's not good enough, and then I'd do it again and say, but really, that's not good enough, and we would go back and forth, and then we would find certain things that we would want in it, and then even at the very last minute, the publisher tells us that we can't put certain things in it, so we're reworking them, and then we're trying to make them fun, and we're trying to make them practical, but not too difficult. So, yeah, I mean, for those listening, there are over, I think there's, what, 12 or 13? There's definitely over 10 worksheets. And each worksheet in its own, you can take the worksheet and you can completely work through one of uh, these different steps that we put together in our wait for it, expose yourself process, <laughs> which is a good backstory, by the way, because the publisher bought the book with a different title. They made us change the title and we happened to uh, associate the name that we wanted as the name of our process. So it's a process and I'm really proud of the worksheets. I think that they are they're standalone. I mean, and I've used them in workshops. I've used them uh, in talks that I've given. And it's just, uh, it's an exciting place to be uh, where, where now we're sort of seeing the finish line. So I'm excited to see what everybody else does with, the, with these worksheets. So a lot of people who might be familiar with me, I think one of the reasons that we really resonate and connect well together is because you had a chance to read my bio, my story, and kind of really get to know the ins and outs about who I am. And now if me and Ryan are working with a client, it's pretty simple to say, hey, uh, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to, or I want you to do this with me. We're going to sit and record this conversation. Tell me about your life from when you were born or where you were born, how you were raised, the values that you received. Take me from elementary, junior high, high school, your first relationship, your first job, all the way up to where you are today. And then if we're sitting there, some people get it and they could just go for that whole hour and just make it happen. But other people need that guidance. Now, when we kind of translate, hey, can you make that bio and then put it into a book? Like you need step by step. 
step-by-step directions because you don't have someone like me or Ryan sitting there saying, hey, um, you're on the right track. This is good. Yeah, keep going. Tell me more details about that. You kind of need a piece of paper to really guide you through that. So, I mean, Ryan did a phenomenal job with how to create this bio worksheet, this expose yourself work or exposure resume um, worksheet and all these other different worksheets within the book. And I think you really nailed it on the head. Yeah, let me let me just give people a little uh, a little bit deeper onto the authentic long form authentic bio worksheet because y- you have convinced me and I now argue on our behalf that a long form authentic bio that shares not just the good but your bad and version of ugly is the single most important digital document that you can have online and that's a pretty oh bold wait, wait 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 well, why why is it the single most important thing that you have online because it's your chance to get people to get to know you before you know that they're even trying to get to know you. And I really believe that people have to get to know you to relate to you, to them potentially like you, to them potentially trust you. And if you are Wait, like why, most Why do you people, want people to trust you? Don't you want them to just be like, hey, I don't trust you. What's up with you? No, no. Leonard, I would not want okay. someone to, by choice, <laughs> not trust me. I mean, you, if, if you were to rephrase the question of why is trust so important... I'd say that it's the the third step. Okay, <laughs> now this is. Uh, did you ever do track and field, Leonard? Um, actually, even like even you know, like in- you, you know, PE was a very touchy subject for me. Like, I only need <laughs> three more classes to actually get my associate's degree. One is math, okay. which I could do. One is first aid, which I could do, and the other one is PE. But just because I won't do my PE, I, I I'm degreeless. So okay. track and field, no. <laughs> okay, so so when you did PE, like back in school, did you ever attempt the triple jump? Do you know what the triple jump is? No. Okay, so the triple jump uh, is it's like an Olympic sport. It's it's been around for eons, and you basically run really fast, and you have a certain line um, that you can't you can't essentially pass, and then you jump into a sandpit. But you you jump with one foot, oh, one foot, the other foot, and then you go. And so I look at trust as that third jumping point. So it's like a triple jump where the first jump is people getting to know you. The second jump is where people get to like you. And you have to have that third jump, that trust factor to actually launch and propel you. And then you you end up far in a relationship into the sand pit where you fall and everybody gets excited and you try to get your personal record and stuff like that. Uh, I think that trust... So, yeah, so so it's like trust- that. It's like the third jumps when you get to like really just win it. Yeah, so it's like hop, skip, and then boom, jump. And I think people forget how important trust is when it comes to online relationship building. And I think some some people might confuse a like for a trust. And I think that a like is just um, you know maybe it's somebody shares. Uh, similar interest in what you've posted or they like the picture or the message resonates. But when somebody follows you and consistently engages with you and is there, if you need them, you know, I'll tell people, don't judge me by my connections uh, or my followers judge me by the number of people who will stand up to help me when I need help. And for me, people, when they trust me, then I can trust that, that they'll be there for me and I'll be there for them. And I mean, I don't have many friends, Leonard, and I feel like I have more like Twitter friends, people who actually like I can go to if I if I need to, 
and that's trust. Uh, you know, it's, it's not about followers. It's about gaining people who, who want to follow uh, your journey. And uh, by doing that, you have to let them get to know you. And so I can tell you firsthand, as I was trying to get traction on social media, I thought that what I saw was a template for success. Just show all the good stuff and, you know, somewhat curate your content and, you know, highlight all of your accolades. And that got me nowhere because I didn't relate to people. So as soon as I started to own my over-energetic self and claim my gingerness and start to share the things that I was thinking but not saying, I think people really get a chance to know me. And, I mean, there was somebody that tweeted us the other day and we were sharing that we got a picture of the book from the publisher, like the first picture of the real book, and we were all excited. And he said, you know, I remember when you guys posted the final draft of the final script, I feel like I've been here with you the entire way. And, and that's, what, that's what it's all about, is having people join you on the journey. And that's long-term, that's sustainable, that, that's what helps people think of you top of mind um, when it comes to your profession, your expertise, um, you know, and then you can comfortably share about getting bug bites and get more engagement than sharing that you're on a podcast or something. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, another interesting thing is Ryan and I were talking yesterday and I was just talking about how crazy the living situation has been since I kind of relocated to my mom's house temporarily just to discover that like within like um, a day of moving, we just started getting bit everywhere me and my wife and i'm like what the hell is going on and it's caused my wife to go into like extreme paranoia where angie's like oh no what's going on there's bites everywhere i'm scared i'm scared i'm scared we need to move we need to move i'm gonna go back to new york i'm like okay that's not less stress <laughs> we're not saving and, and anybody you here mentioned that on the phone you mentioned that on the phone the other day i was like oh my god me too. I've been getting all kinds of crazy bugs, like bug bites. She's like, wait, you too? And Angie's like, what? You too? I'm like, yes. And we had this whole conversation about bug bites. And we bonded over bug bites. That's like, yeah. if you get a bug bite, if you hear this and you've ever gotten a bug bite and it frustrates you, we feel you. We, we relate to you. <laughs> you can relate to us. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, who would think that bugs would come and bite both me and you? And, I, I, I mean, me and you, we haven't even seen each other for, like, um, in person for, like, I guess two months might be because we've been so months, busy yeah. handling all these things that we've been doing. So that means I didn't transfer them to you and you didn't transfer them to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can transfer bug bites, by the way. I'm not sure what kind of bites you're talking about. <laughs> no, transfer the bugs that bite. <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> but because supposedly fleas and all these other bugs, they hop onto you and then there's something that's brought into your environment. They're not something that naturally comes from your environment. Well, we need to talk to Rue because obviously Rue is the one with fleas. So there you go. Uh, uh, I just solved your problem. Rue's got no fleas. Rue takes flea medication. She's good. So when a bug bites <laughs> Rue, they automatically die. But there's no such thing as a flea flea medication for humans where if a flea bug bites the human, they die. The flea bites the human, and the human just gets bit. <laughs> interesting, interesting. And if somebody's listening, they're like, are they really talking about bug bites? Yes, we actually are. And you will be surprised to find that you will have real conversations with real people online and in real life by talking about the silly, weird stuff that you might just text to your close friend, but you might be embarrassed to share in the workplace, in the real world. And that, that's what, like, 
that's what makes things exciting when people can commiserate in their own misery together on the smallest of things like traffic and uh, bad hair. And <laughs> I have buddies of mine that, that we, you know, we're rocking the receding hairlines and it's not something that we can really like talk about publicly. And then we're able to sort of like talk about it amongst friends. And like, we feel good about talking about the coves in our head as our hair kind of comes back and swapping best practices and stuff. But it's like real people connect on real things that go wrong. And I mean, Leonard, I think you and I have tapped into uh, a real need, a real pain point in that people feel like they have to be perfect. They feel like they have to be all put together. They feel like they have to only share the good photos. They like it. it, I think it's a real problem for today in this day and age. And this book is kind of a manifesto that says, look, the exact opposite of what you think is true. When you actually start to let down your guard, show that you're human. That's exactly when people will want to help you. Uh, They'll find similarities to you. You'll become friends Uh, And then the work and the business and those promotions come as a result of the relationships that are built. Yeah, and I think what you really nailed there, what you really said there, really nailed and drove home because the only thing that me and you have that's perfect is our blood because it's so uh, wanted by bugs, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, other than that, I I mean, me and you, we're completely imperfect creatures who. I mean, there's not really much that's about us that, um, I mean, people could really commemorate. Maybe we have like two or three really good skills, but the other side is we're just basically humans. We're, we're usually average, below average, a little above average for a lot of things, and there's two or three things that we're really good at. And I think what we have to really do is really recognize that we are good at maybe two or three things, but for all the things that we're not good at, we can't just pretend that we're amazing at those two. I mean, that's out of character. That's not who we are. And right after we get back from this commercial break, we could dive deep into the five different levels of exposure and talk more about how to get through that. But right now, we're about to hop off to a commercial break. If anyone wants to find Ryan or myself, um, just look up Ryan Fulland on Google. See if you have a personal brand. You could just say a name and people can find you. <laughs> or you could look up Leonard Kim and then you can find me. Or you could go to ditchtheact.com and learn more about this book that we're chatting about. We'll be back after this commercial break. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. 
Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel. Get ready for High Vibe In It with host Lindsay Robinson and Kelsey Aida. This is an all-new look at self-empowerment and lifestyle design. If you are still trying to figure out the law of attraction, spirituality, self-love, and more, we'll break it down for you. You can create the life of your dreams and own your power. Listen for High Vibe In It. We're live every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This will be one hour you will make time for. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, back with Ryan Foland. If you've listened to the first part of the conversation, we really talked about how going out there and sharing your most vulnerable weaknesses is probably a better way to go and how it drives instantaneous connections. Now, uh, Ryan, I want to ask you a question. We, we've got maybe about like 170, 180 positive reviews for this book already, and we kind of got that right when we uh, kind of went out in the first month of uh, finishing our first draft of this, right? Um, in, in that process of going out there and collecting all these reviews, how many people do you think we've talked to who said that they just couldn't put this book down? You know, I think that uh, that I, I can't even count them on two hands. And what's surprising is that some of the people I reached out to, so, uh, you know, I sometimes deal with some higher level people that are executives in what are considered scale-up companies. So they, they're making, you know, 10 million or more as a company and they're growing fast. And <clears throat> there's a certain assumption you have with some of these people who are high levels, that they're very busy. And I sent the book to a number of these very busy uh, executives who are running these massive companies and I was really surprised to see them reply to me within like 48 hours and say I opened this thing I started to read and I could not put it down like people that don't have the time to read and I think it's for a couple reasons especially at that level as an executive you know you're looking at a company culture that is totally relative to your you know your ability to succeed and there's never been higher employee disengagement and there's never been competing firms and startups that are trying to be more attractive than the next company and talent retention is huge and and building a culture that matters and cares about the product matters and at the heart this is a business book that gets to the matter of like changing the workplace changing the way people bring themselves to work changing the way that they look at their job being excited about what they're doing you know finding uh, their expertise in their job role and being excited to share and becoming a, a brand ambassador and, and de facto evangelist of what they're doing and I think that that's just a huge missing part so I noticed 
some of these higher executives who I know they don't have the time, but they made the time because this is the type of thing that their company needs. Yeah, and it's not just those um, high-level executives at those small uh, those uh, scale-ups that you're talking about. We even got people who are like the vice president of human resources over at large places, Fortune 50 companies like Target, reading the book, saying how touching it is, saying how much it really moved them, and how how much value they really took away from the book. And then we also have like speakers who've gone out there and spoken across the world, who get large speaking fees, and uh, uh, Tiffany. Bova from Salesforce and all these other amazing people. Um, I mean, there's Ivan Minzer, there's Greg McNown. I mean, there's so many people, and we could just go on for days and days, kind of like hovering. But but but, who, but 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 I also want to say that, like, aside from all these crazy high-level people, you have people who are like students and have lost their job or their prospective employees. And um, I, 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 one in particular, Christina, I won't I won't say her last name, but. Um, I'm just going to read the first sentence of her testimonial because I remember it. And she said, this book makes me want to believe in myself again. And for me, I was just like, uh, like I'm, that's, that's, that's amazing. If somebody reads this book and wants to believe in themselves again, like whether you're an executive or you're Christina, who's, who's a student looking for a job, at the end of the day, when you can ditch the act and be yourself, you, you start to gain confidence in just being you. So, yeah, from high level to medium to, to, to people who are just getting going in their career, it's, it's pretty exciting. And also Oliver Luckett, like he used to do kind of like what we do, and he's helped presidents get elected. He helped music events kind of go viral around the world and all this other crazy stuff. And he's like, man, this book is fascinating. That was really exciting to hear, especially for someone who's been through the ringer and has done so much with his life. But anyways, what we wanted to talk about in this section of the show is really the five levels of exposure. So there's a level one and it kind of goes all the way up to level five. Level five things are things that you don't want to share. And that kind of covers the realm of like politics, sex and religion. And the reason you don't are sex in the act of like lewd acts and nudity and things like that. And the reason you don't want to um, share those three things, unless um, it's very particular to your specific business model and it is part of your business. The reason you don't want to share those three, three things is because they could offend people. And not everyone has the same religious beliefs and things like that. But then it scales all the way back down to a level one exposure. Ryan, what's the level one exposure? So it, level one is the easiest to start with. It's going to be the one that is, um, it, it, it's always going to be hard to share what's not going right, but this is a good place to start. So it's the silly little things that you do or that you don't do. And it's going to be, think of things that impact your mood. So whether it's a bad hair day or having a pimple or getting a bug bite or being exhausted, feeling sick, could even be having poor Wi-Fi. I mean, like who doesn't get frustrated with poor Wi-Fi. If you have poor Wi-Fi and you share that you have poor Wi-Fi, other people that have poor Wi-Fi or have had poor Wi-Fi, they're going to relate to that. So it's these small little things. Like uh, I know you run into walls all the time and I spill stuff on myself and I lose water bottles. These are all things that happen on a daily basis. (laughs) When I was in Catalina last weekend, um, I put my wetsuit on backwards and I had my scuba gear on until my buddy told me it was on backwards. Talk about embarrassing, <laughs> but that's funny and it's not a big deal and it gets people to realize that you're human. So it's all the little silly things that you're not necessarily sharing right now. 
So do you think I run into walls because I think I could walk through them? No, I just think that you're probably <laughs> on your phone or not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> or well, maybe it ties back to your... When we move up to a level four exposure, but uh, that kind but of wait, covers, wait. it's more of the... Hmm? I think, I think you can fix this. See, part of this is real quick is that when you, when, you share, when you showcase low level exposures, it gives people a chance to like help you out. So I bet you if you, <laughs> like I bet you I can help you run into less walls, but I couldn't help you if I didn't know that that was a problem. Yeah, that, that's kind of true. Maybe you could be like my little guardian um, direction giver. <laughs> Okay. Let's move Anyways, on. like so, <laughs> what we move from the level one exposures is we the other side of it's level four exposures, and those are the big scary moments in life that most people are reluctant to share. Uh, it could be uh, difficulty having a kid and dealing with, um, uh, I guess, infertility. Is that what you call it? It could be uh, large business failure where you lost some of your money. It could be losing your home. It could be getting a divorce. It could be any of those other crazy monumental events that kind of happen in life that kind of disrupt the path that you're on. Now, a lot of us, um, I mean, every single person in the world, unless you're like, so, even like Superwoman, like I watched that TV show, like she's perfect, right? She's got the look, she's got the laser beam, she's got the super strength. <laughs> she, she even has like struggles where uh, her best friend like hates her and um, because uh, she didn't reveal her identity to her and like she has problems getting along with other people and things like that. Like we all have these struggles. It doesn't matter who you are. Every single person will go through some kind of large traumatic event at some point in their life. But the... But human nature makes us all believe that we're the only ones who go through that. Like, we're in it by ourselves. Oh, I'm the only one who's ever lost my car. Oh, I'm the only one who's ever lost my home. Oh, I'm the only one who's ever had to get a divorce. I'm the only one. I'm the only one. I'm the only one. And when we feel like we're the only ones who go through this thing, sure, it's lonely. It's heartbreaking. It makes us feel like we're going to go off the edge. And it's extremely difficult to really find ways to go and recover from that. But... And the sad part is we're, we're all trained to go out there and share the good moments of our life. I mean, we've gone through a few different generations. We've gone through my um, grandparents' generation where people talked to each other on the street, said hello to my parents' generation where it was like keeping up with the Joneses. And now we've kind of moved into this new culture where everyone everything's kind of like in this airbrushed lifestyle type stuff where everyone's trying to one-up each now other. Now would you say that? Sorry for interrupting, but now do you think that we are keeping up with the Kardashians? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, but I'm not sure if your booty is that big, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I was a goaltender for 15 years, but uh, that's all. it's all withering away now. <laughs> <laughs> so so with like these um level four exposures and things like that you, like if you go out the gate and you have this airbrushed lifestyle and you go and share your big vulnerable moment people are going to look at you and they're going to wonder if you have a breakdown so if you're having a breakdown so you kind of have to like ease your way into it it's, it's kind of like you know like working out or something like that i don't work out so i can't really speak much about that but you kind of have to get that muscle and you have to flex it and flex it some more and flex it some more so you get comfortable doing it so that's why you start with like the level one exposures that ryan talked about and you kind of move up to the level four exposures which are going to make significant impacts in your life where people are going to be like wow i've known this person for my entire life i could see myself in their story 
this is amazing. This is someone that I'm going to read content from, watch videos from, work with for the rest of my life. Okay, well, that's here, the I real takeaway you, you get from it. So, so here's my question that people will actually ask me, and it's something that I think we have to address when we talk about this. You're saying that something like a failed business, uh, losing something really valuable, getting divorced, uh, some of these level four exposures that you have not shared because you don't want to share, but then you're saying by sharing this is going to help you out. Like fundamentally for somebody who has not shared this, doesn't, doesn't understand the, the concept what do you tell people? Like, why does sharing your skeletons, your closet, like, why does that actually help you out? Well, that's Very a great counterintuitive. question, Ryan. So the thing is, like, in these most vulnerable moments, what do we need more than anything else? In in the vulnerable moments, when like things are going wrong, yeah, uh, you need like you would you would call your mom or you you would talk no, with your what, wife. No, what do or you, you would... need from those events? You feel like you're the only one going through it. What do you need from those events? You probably need other people to to uh, to have help guide you through the best way to deal with the situation. Yeah, so basically you need help, right? Yeah. And uh, a, you've probably heard the uh, saying, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. <laughs> I actually haven't, but that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's one thing. Like, if you're going through a traumatic event or something that's kind of life-changing, that's the time that you need help the most. And by opening up and being vulnerable, you actually open up the opportunities where you could potentially get that help that you actually need, where people come to your aid, come and support you, where you get a phone call uh, maybe a Saturday morning after uh, someone says... Uh, questionable tweet where they think that maybe their life is going to end and someone's out there reaching out to actually support and say that they're there for you and that they're worried and that they're here to support you um now if that message never came what could potentially happen from that now the other side of it is when we're thinking about sharing these um scary moments we have these feelings inside of us where we feel like we're going to be judged mocked ridiculed for our shortcomings where we think people are going to mock us, ridicule us, laugh at us for what's going on. And that's why we want to go and hide it. Right, Ryan? Or am I wrong? No, no. You, I, yes, I agree with, with wanting to hide it. But say for, because you know, I was talking with somebody that was giving me pushback the other day about how, how sharing something that isn't going right, how is that going to help your personal brand? I think you're spot on with the fact that if you, feel comfortable and start to, to start to share what's going wrong, it actually lets people help you out when you need it the most. But from a brand building standpoint, from somebody who's like, maybe has, you know, the machismo and he's like the, the tough guy and maybe he sort of works, works through not needing help. But like, what's the value of building a brand on sharing what's going wrong? I mean, that, that's the root of the book and it's such a counterintuitive measure. But how does, how does sharing these bad and your version of ugly moments help you get a promotion or help you land new clients or, or help you do these different things. Like it, it doesn't make sense when you hear it. Okay. Maybe I'll share a great example with you. And February, uh, I believe we finished the book together on the 15th, right? 
Yeah, the day that I got my car towed out of your apartment, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and about three days before that, my wife Angie decided to leave her job with her employer due to uh, mis- uh, due to workplace bullying and misogyny. Um, from from that day, what ended up happening is our household income took a hit of $8,666 a month. Now, it doesn't matter how much money you make or how little money you make. Uh, Ryan, if I took $8,666 a month away from your household right now, every single month, would you, be, uh, would you be okay or would you be near financial ruin? It'd probably turn my ginger beer white, which would be the worst thing ever. It, like, it would flip your whole entire household upside down. You'd probably have to move back in with your parents. You might have to get rid of your Prius. And you could just probably imagine all the other traumatic things that could potentially happen from that. Now, sure. um, yeah. So now when my wife uh, decided to walk away, like, um, she had a lot of difficulty with working because she felt like it could have been her fault. She lost a lot of confidence who she, in who she was. She wasn't this... Um, brave bold person who wanted to go out there and like make empires anymore and now she was like hiding cowering in bed without the ability to really move so i opened up i shared the struggles i talked about what was going on i had to go through the process of downsizing cars and downsizing homes and all that other stuff where we had to make significant changes to our lifestyle but in that whole time i started opening up and i started asking for help and guess what happened when i asked for help you got it. Yeah, I got it. I got I got people to start working with me, uh, making more money. And while I'm not out of debt now because we had a four, five, or six month run rate of losing all that money, so we're like uh, upside down, like I don't know, forty, fifty thousand dollars or something. We started earning a lot more, where I I made up her household income and then some, uh, or her portion of it. And we're able to kind of pave the path back to fixing everything. And there's still even more things that are coming in. So, I mean, everything's kind of like evening out. So if I didn't go out there and ask for help, where where do you think I might be right now? Yeah, I don't know. Definitely not signing up for a a new PE class or anything like that. Yeah. You'd probably be at the bar. You'd probably be uh, at the bar. Well, I don't even think I'd make it to the bar because I don't even think I'd have enough cash to get there. I think I'd probably be dead today. But hey, you know, you ask for help, you get it. Close mouth, don't get fed. Open mouth does. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's like, sure, it, it might sound scary to ask for help. But, I mean, um, when you look at the accounts receivables and everything, it just makes sense. Like, the bottom line is it works. Anyways, we had to so hop off to another commercial break, and then we could talk more about this stuff after we get back. Anyone want to find Ryan Fullen? Google Ryan Fullen. Anyone want to find Leonard Kim? Google Leonard Kim. Isn't that so cool how you could say Google me? We'll be back after this commercial break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom 
If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to The Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Zofia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Zofia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Ryan and I just went over an example how ditching an act, ditching the act in the exact moment and exposing yourself is actually what drives you to kind of get out of a situation. But hey, we're back from this commercial break. Ryan, anything in particular you wanted to talk about now while we're in the final segment of the show? Yeah, well, I, I just wanted to, to follow up a little bit on the first question. So I said, how does how do we convince people that sharing what doesn't go right, their version of ugly, how does that help them to build a brand, build prestige, gain a a solid reputation as a thought leader? And you and I know a lot of people come to us and they say, well, I want to build a brand. That means I want to get featured in publications. I want to speak on stages. Uh, I want to be known as a thought leader. I want to become an expert in my field. (laughs) They don't come to us and say, hey, I want to share what has not gone right in my life. (laughs) They don't share, hey, I've got the skeleton in the closet. You want to help me get it out? Um, So I guess the the question, you gave a great example of when something happens. Like, you know, Angie didn't plan for that to happen. It happened, and you guys dealt with it. And by sharing what you went through, it, it allowed people to help you out, which is a great example. But what about for something that's happened in the past, and you, you hope that it's buried, and you're trying to now gain a new image so that when people Google you, they don't find that. Um, I guess talk to me about how sharing what doesn't go right will, would lead to getting you featured in publications or getting you more speaking gigs, things like that. Okay, first let's talk about highlighting all the good things that happen in your life. Uh, when we look at a lot of experts, how many people are already doing this? How many people are already do, being an expert? I don't understand the question. No, hi, highlighting the best moments of their life, like Grant Cardone. Oh my gosh, everyone! It's you, okay. It's a it's a it's a good filter. It's the Botox okay. filter. 
Okay, and how many people are trying to pretend that everything's going great and they're showcasing that? Well, a good chunk of the billion monthly users on Instagram as a start. Okay, so now what we see is that everyone's basically going out there and trying to highlight that they're the best. And then the people who come to us are saying that they want to be the best and they want to do everything else. So if they follow the exact same formula that everyone else is following, are they going to make it? They're just going to be another statistic, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. So that shows that that doesn't really work. So what you have to do instead is you have to figure out how to differentiate yourself from others. And the only way to really differentiate is to own your whole story. And that includes good, the bad, and your version of the ugly. Now, when people think about like a level four exposure, like losing your home, losing your wife, losing your car, whatever it may be, I... Uh, losing millions of dollars, like, of course, it's natural instinct to want to hide it. Like, who wouldn't want to hide it? I don't think anyone wants to go and parade around the forest or parade around the park and say, oh, my God, guys, look, I lost six million bucks. It was the most amazing time of my life. Like, they probably feel embarrassed and really horrible about that moment. Would you agree? Yes. But that same moment, that big struggle that you had, like let's say you uh, talk about uh, losing a uh, successful business, for example. How many people out there do you think have lost a uh, successful business in the past? Well, considering that 95% or so of them fail, probably more than people who have been successful with it. Okay, and then now let's say you're just someone who like failed like maybe a homework assignment and you read about someone who lost an entire business. Do you feel that your life is that bad? In comparison, no. I might feel like I have relatively more things going on if they're saying that they've been, that they're at that level. So from the person sharing about the failed business to the person who failed the homework assignment, would they see the content as of the person who lost the failed businesses is, is, as inspiring? Because this person lost so much more than what they had, and, it's, and they're still here and pushing through. So what they do is they see themselves in your story. By you going out there and sharing your most vulnerable and weakest moments, other people who have failed businesses can create a distant and um, automatic connection with you where they're like, oh, me too, me too, me too. When you're going out there and touting about how you got a McLaurin and how you're living in a $10 million house and how you have a beautiful trophy wife, they're like, not me, not me, not me. So you don't make a direct connection with anyone. And that's why the people who do that don't really get featured in the media, don't really grow their social media followings, don't really do anything else because people can't really go out there and connect with it anymore. And they can see right through it because it's just so fake, especially if you don't really have it all. But now, if you go and you share what's real, you're driving that real connection between you and the people who read or consume your content, which means you make a direct connection. And that direct content connection leads to more social media followers, leads to your thought leadership being well-respected, and leads to you being featured in the media publication or whatever else that you want. Does that kind of make sense? So that is, is, that what, is that essentially what got you connected with James Altucher? Because I know he was pivotal yeah. because he basically lost a lot more. You were, com you were not... I don't know what, I mean, would you say complaining? You were just sharing what was going wrong. And then somebody's like, dude, if you think that's bad, check this guy out, right? 
Yeah, I thought that it was quite inspiring, even though he lost millions of dollars. Like, that wasn't the sad part. I'm like, oh, wow, he's just like me, except for he made a lot more money and he lost a lot more money than I ever did. And um, you personally, Ryan, I, I believe you had an ordeal with the FTC. And I think uh, most people, if they have an ordeal with a government agency like the Federal Trade Commission, wouldn't their careers be over? Well, I thought mine was, and <clears throat> all I tried to do was squash it, hide it, and if you Googled my name, that was the only thing that came up. So my my vision was to sort of um, push it down in the search engines, and I mean, funny you mention that. It's still a bit traumatizing. One of the first major backlashes I had of not sharing it, you were actually involved, where somebody basically wrote a pretty nasty comment saying, who is this guy to speak about this topic when it's this guy and put a link to everything? Uh, and I just didn't know what to do. I was like, oh my gosh, I got found out. Um, but you, I think that was a moment where, I think I actually said, I'm sorry for not telling you. If you don't want to work with me anymore, I understand. Like, I felt like as soon as somebody found that out, then they would find me out that I was a fraud, that uh, basically like I've got this scarlet letter and that was actually uh, a pretty challenging part of my life to figure out how I moved past that. And then by you helping me to basically put it in front, uh, which was probably the last thing that I ever thought I would want to do. And by that, I mean actually talk about it, uh, include it into my bio. And it is now, it's, it's now just sort of part of who I am. Um, and I've been down that road, which was a gnarly road to be down, but it's given me a perspective that I can help people who uh, are, are facing challenges in their business that, that, that essentially they don't know what to do or even just how to get through it if things have happened and you're on the other side of it. So, yeah, and I probably that's probably one of the worst things that's ever happened to me in my life, and it's a pretty foundational part of, of my brand. And so when someone does find it, if they're like, what is this? It's like, well, this is, this is, this is part of my journey. So what, what you did is you took the uh, biggest, scariest, uh, most uh, hardest moment of your life that was stripping you of career opportunities and you put it front and center and made it a part of you and put it into your bio. And once it became a part of your bio, it no longer crippled you. Yes. Still is not easy to talk about, by the way, which for, it, I don't think it gets easier. It still has such a weight and power, but instead of it being something that I'm afraid of talking about, I'm, I'm talking about it in the context of what I've learned and, and sort of making it through the other side of it and still being here uh, as a result of it. And by you sharing your personal perspective of what happened, it lets people kind of understand where you're coming from and how you got through it. Right. Which and, is counterintuitive. And then it makes you not the big bad wolf. The big bad ginger wolf, yes. Yeah. So instead, it makes you someone who people can book for speaking engagements across the world. Yeah, and if you think about it, a lot of times these, these, these people who are speaking and getting huge fees, or if you think of like a super impactful speaker, they usually are speaking about something that gets vulnerable that is like they've almost been, uh, you know, 
to the brink of death or they've almost been to the brink of this or, or they've absolutely, like, they've just failed miserably or they've been homeless or they like, if you look at most TED Talks and things, there's some big heavy moment that kind of becomes the cornerstone of their success. Look at your TED Talk. You basically were just saying how everything went wrong. <laughs> yeah, I guess a lot of that stuff did happen in my life too and it kind of happened for you too, right? Uh, yeah, and what's what's kind of exciting and kind of scary, I'm going to be totally honest here, <laughs> in this book, uh, one of the things that Leonard and I do is that we, we go first and we basically ditch the act uh, in the purest form and we basically lay out our life stories essentially not leaving out all of all of the bad and the ugly and so do you realize that on the 25th of october basically all of our dirty laundry is going to be aired in bookstores across the united states and in everyone's digital kindles and like for people that have no idea who we are they're going to be like oh my god these two people what a colorful past <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm kind of well, scared. Well, great news, Ryan and myself. Uh, everyone's going to be able to see our dirty laundry, and it's going to be in bookstores all across America on October 25th. So, I mean, if you don't really care about this personal branding stuff, if you don't really care about this expose yourself process, if you don't really care about the five levels of exposure, if you just want to read me and Ryan's dirty, dirty laundry and learn all about all the messes that happens in our life. It might you, you, make you, you kind of get the opportunity <laughs> to. <laughs> if you want to yeah, feel better so about I'm, yourself, read our backstories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're looking, if you think that you've had a horrible life, things have gone wrong, that you're kind of hopeless, go and read at least our stories and maybe you'll feel some kind of hope because, I mean, we're two train wrecks and we kind of made it out alive and we kind of made a lot of things happen. And I wanted to, you know, t take a moment to really thank everyone who's really tuning in and listening to the show today because we really want you to go out there and potentially ditch the act with what you're doing and reveal your whole self and take off that mask, go out there and follow our eight-step expose yourself process because once you do, you're going to see some crazy things kind of happen in your life and it's going to be um, kind of life-changing, really. Anyways, if anyone wants to really go out there and connect with me and Ryan, it's pretty simple. You Google Ryan Fullman, you Google Leonard Kim, or you go to ditchtheact.com. Make sure um, to check out your local bookstores, too, quite soon on October 25th. Watch it. Look this for the ginger book. Be everywhere. Look for the ginger book. It should jump off the shelves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's orange, so you can't really go wrong in finding it. And it's got post-it notes on the side. Anyways, me and Ryan yeah. will be back another time, and we're going to be tuning out for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. And thank you all for tuning in, and check out Ditch the App. Bye. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.